Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? That's right. That's my name. Uh, not a whole lot. A lot of news this week. Not much in my world. Uh, last call I had today was a, a woman who was, uh, she was born in Macedonia, so like northern Greece, and she was 79 years old. She was born in 1940, um, like right when the you know world war ii just started which is kind of like a weird time you think like oh i'm gonna have a baby in the middle of this fucking mm-hmm. chaos um yeah. but she had uh her husband had just died three months ago and uh she talked exactly like the the way an 80 uh, year old greek woman you would you'd expect to talk who would like had not you know hadn't changed the way she talked at all in her whole life mm-hmm. um and i can understand her fine but it was like you know you get some of these eastern european accents and it's just like it's 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 so exciting. It's a little it just it's that's that's just the voice. Yeah. Um, and so she had already applied for a passport and had some problems. I was trying to do best to explain it to her. And I don't remember any people like last year, people being this excited about Easter who were like really fucking religious because like she's you know clearly Greek Orthodox. And I think like the, the Notre Dame fire has like made people extra uh, extra Jesus-y now that we're coming up on Easter in a couple of days here. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and because I got I got told uh, either Happy Holidays, Happy Easter, May the Lord be with you, God bless you, or uh, God sent you to me to help me, which is what the old lady said. <laughs> she was like, God sent you to help me, because uh, I helped her out. I helped her out, so like, she well, was she was very <laughs> Department of State giving me a paycheck, but I, I appreciate. No, the I mean I definitely would spend more time with someone who's older to make sure they totally get it. Right. Sure. To, like, to know what they had to do to fix it. Because if it's if there's like a problem in the middle of the application, they have to go do like other shit that can get really conf- confusing, you know. And anyway, she was very adamant about, you know, how much it helps or everything. But it was definitely she threw a lot of God bless you's in towards the very end of that call. And I was just like, back at you, lady. Well, you know, Um. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about the uh, Notre Dame fire on our Game of Thrones cast, but I guess not, if you're not, not the football team. That, <laughs> uh, but if you're not listening to that, yeah, so that that happened this week. That was unfortunate. Uh, but I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't really have too much more. We we said our I think we said our piece on that, so to speak. Kind on of. The, uh, Game I mean, of Thrones it, cast, but. it's it's. We've seen sort it's of a shame. I mean, fall out how immediately it's like, oh, we've got billions of dollars we can throw at this to fix the roof. And U.S. Like, companies, really? by the way, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, it's going to be an orgy of like a cathedral reconstruction porn that you're going to see in commercials for Apple and Google and Microsoft and like all the different <laughs> ways they helped out. And it's going to be in Super Bowl ads and it's going to be like the thing that corporations rally around to incorporate into their branding about how they saved this this you know uh, um, cultural icon to uh, Judeo Christian Western values, you know, like Ben Shapiro. Would did say. you see? Did you see that fucking guy who tweeted out that conceptual image of like a gentrified? Like this is the way to revive the Notre Dame Church with you know with a mo- with modern modern touches with but while retaining the classic. And it was basically just a bunch of fucking like it was like this that that south park spoof of like gentrification where it was like just buildings literally built on top of like you know the, the these ancient fucking buildings and oh like yeah like whole foods at the yeah. base of the fucking <laughs> chicago, like, chicago they want to build like 10 stories of glass condos on top of the fucking union train station which is like oh great 
Yeah, it just it's like, are you fucking stupid? Like architects, gather your like collect your idiots. You stop this. <laughs> Knock it off. I've never been there, but I do you ever been you ever been to the um train station in DC? I know really I've been there at least once. Um, I don't know if I, uh, maybe it was Philadelphia. I, I don't recall. I don't know if I've been to the train station. Most of those major cities have like amazing, and obviously, you know, Grand Central is Grand Central. Amazing, right. you know, architecture in the main veranda. But mm-hmm. uh, the DC train station, there was that like a, like a gala going on when I, I went there for my sister's uh, graduation. She went to Georgetown. Yeah. And um with all the other, you know, future rapists slash Supreme Court justices. And um, so we, that, when we were there, there was some big like gala going like it's it's a fucking beautiful. It's like like an 18th century like ballroom, like the the main area. It's, it's crazy. But, oh, yeah. They, they anyway. were all building train stations in the 1800s that uh, looked like they, they were shit, right. out yeah. of, you know, like 300 A.D. Rome, basically. Yeah. Uh, and it's a shame that, uh, what was it? Was it Penn station was the big one in New York? They tore down that everyone was like, fuck you. Uh, or wasn't that, that the one? Well, Penn station still exists, but I, uh, what am I thinking were, of then? You know, I mean, what, I, there Whoever's was yeah, listening yeah, to this and knows what was the, what the really famous train station right now <laughs> that they tore down in New York city that like rallied everyone against the fucking, you know, the, the, uh, Robert, uh, Moses types of the era, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was in, it was in freaking Mad Men. They had a whole thing it, about to, it. To be fair, it might have been Penn Station, and now that what they have there is still called Penn Station, but it's not nearly as nice. Like Penn Station right now is, I, I'm pretty sure, almost entirely underground and like really shitty, and you know, looks like it's straight out of the 1980s, like some shit you'd see in like Midnight Run that they'd be like walking through. You gotcha. know? So it, okay, it's, maybe, maybe it, that is what yeah. they did then. So that's probably um, what it is. We'll look it up and feel dumb when we realize we're both wrong somehow. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. I don't know, what were we talking about trains for? Uh, anyway, <laughs> so about architecture and things being fucked up yeah. by you know the the neoliberalization <laughs> so, of how do we commodify uh, you know every last little thing. I mean, part of the whole idea of of, of uh, the monopoly of a city is that no other city can claim to be Paris, right? No other city can have Notre Dame. So everyone's like, Oh, we want to get in on some of that real estate monopoly of having our logo and brand on the reconstruction of this, you know, most famous cathedral in the world. It's like, you don't get to fucking make money on everything. Like, I, I don't, I don't think people that that concept is still just so foreign to people. It's like, you don't get to fucking make money on everything. Like not everything is, there for you to fucking well, you know the like thing is drain of every cent that you can right but a historic building like that whether you're religious or not whether you love architecture or not is still it exists in us as the commons because we feel like it's such a, a symbol of our history over the course of of you know millennia that we feel like we all kind of own it together you know, and there's not a lot of things yeah, that of we have that with so of course somebody wants to fucking privatize that notion <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, there's there's millions just being left on the table right now. Um, but yeah, so that's unfortunate. You know, it'd be really funny if you see any of the uh, water companies from the U.S. donating to the restoration efforts, considering that they oh, refuse to fix the fucking pipes in Flint. Hey, but I'm sure I'm sure Nestle. Money, so I'm sure uh, I'm sure that like Nestle and all these other fucking places are donating to the restoration. But, you know, fifty five million dollars can't find it. 
can't find it for fucking Flint's pipes. They can find, you know, a billion dollars to fix a church in a country they don't live in, but mm-hmm. there's no good PR in fixing Flint's pipes, I guess. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so let's get into the news of the week because there's a lot of stuff I want to touch on. Obviously, uh, as we're recording, uh, you could still, if you listen closely, hear the sound of uh, Seth Abramson's uh, bloodstained and blistered fingers clacking away at his keyboard as he, you know, t- gets into the thousandth tweet of his his uh, never-ending tweet thread right now about and, the Mueller report. Who is he again? Is he just one of these grifters? He literally that's made is a whole career out of famous out of... because he's grifted. Yeah, yeah, off the Russia yeah. thing. He 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 was a nobody before the Russia thing, and he wrote a book. Well, I think he wrote a book called Proof of Collusion. Oh, in which there was um, no proof. It was just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Who is the guy who uh, also wrote a book who was doing like the live stream interview with Aaron Mate? And when Mate was I, like, so you didn't have any proof at all. He just like ended it. He like pulled the plug and cut like cut it. I, oh God, who was that? Yeah, I. I, I it was, the guy that wrote, it, was... it was the guy that wrote the Guardian story that got completely fucking debunked. And yeah. Oh, never, man. They never I want to call him out by name, too. It. Yeah, but yeah, all these but, guys, all these guys that are just like, well, here's my oh, uh, Luke Harding, Luke Harding. Yeah. So I knew a guy like this who was claimed to be an expert on like every crypto Nazi network in uh, around the the world. And he was just a guy. He was like five years younger than me. And he would get on and do all these interviews. And he just started writing more and more ridiculous conspiracy theories. And I, I guess he wrote one for like the Southern Poverty Law Center on their blog. And mm. they not only took it down because it was so defamatory of just all these random different groups that he was trying to connect with this, you know, fucking huge map on a wall with strings connecting all this bullshit. <laughs> they took it down and like fired him basically and like took down wow. all of his blog work. And I knew this guy in real life too. And I was just like, ha ha, you piece of shit. Finally got what you fucking deserve for being such a conspiracy theorist. By the way, Luke Harding wrote a book called Collusion, not to be confused with Seth Abramson's Proof of Collusion. (laughs) (laughs) And that was and he was the one who literally could not name a single piece of collusive evidence when Aramate was interviewing him like very, very calmly and just being like, I'm just asking you to to, to name one actual piece of collusion. Right. It's like, well, how can you ignore the fact that he did this? And it's like, okay, but you still have not named. And then he just like disconnected his Skype. Yeah, that was a great one. I watched. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched like the last ten minutes of it. Get to the good stuff, but uh, yeah, no, I realized today that word collusion literally has no meaning, while also having the meaning of any other word you wanted to in the English language. So, mm-hmm. uh, if, if somebody today has tweeted out, I saw this because um, the 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 hashtag Trump colluded was trending today, even though the entire Mueller report, all four forty eight pages, some redacted slightly. Uh, came out today and still Trump colluded. It's like they went into fucking, you know, the brain worms started to feed on themselves uh, mode. And one person tweeted out, well, it doesn't matter what the Mueller report says. We know that Trump colluded with Russia when he got up on that podium and said, uh, you know, hey, Russia, find Hillary Clinton's emails. Oh, so that's 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 the thing they go to all the time. That's <laughs> like that's literally that's just you a, know the that's fucking, just a fucking thing he said. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, he's a fucking asshole. He says stupid things all the time. It was clearly a joke, you know, not really a funny one, but he, you know, that's his fucking brand of humor. Like I I, I get, I I don't understand why they, you know, that's all they cling to. And it's like, that's not 
proof of anything. I could go up and say, hey, why don't you, hey, fucking Russia, why don't you transfer $50 million into my bank account? Like, that's not, that doesn't mean I'm literally ordering them to do that. Like, it's a fucking. But Russia heard you say it. Russia heard you say yeah. it. Therefore, yeah. collusion. Uh, I mean, Chuck yeah. Todd's tweet today was maybe the most insane thing I think I've read from somebody who, I mean, is supposed to be a little bit better than your random Twitter voice. But, uh, and, and I saw this early in the day, and I'm glad it kind of made the rounds because a lot of people dragged this this fucking tweet. Um, Jimmy Dore on his show tonight was dragging this. Uh, so Chuck T- Todd said, curious why the number one response to this report by every elected official isn't concerned about how easily the Russians hacked the election and how way too many Americans cheered this on, dot, dot, dot. And hoped it was true rather than ethically decide it should be stopped. Hacked the election. What what does that mean? Hacked the election. What does that fucking mean? Like, that literally did not happen. Like, what the fuck are you talking? Chuck Todd is such a fucking moron. I mean, there's a reason he has a show. He hosts the nightly news show on the number one, you know. We we know all that. But it's because it's a fucking moron. Like what? Like what are you talking about? What does hack the election mean? People were like, "Do you know what the word hacked means?" I mean, you clearly are hacked. But it's like, do you know what the word hack means? (laughs) Like that means you actually go into a computer and you get through its like whatever the password or fucking you break into its security and you steal shit, steal shit out of it, right? Uh, So hack the election would mean you literally like you know hacked into voting machines. And changed votes to votes that weren't supposed to be there. There's no proof in the Mueller report or anywhere else, for that matter, that Russia actually influenced the election. That were they would that they were even successful in influencing the election, let alone hacking the election, which is a cyber crime and and would actually be something that you could, you know. Uh, have your fucking hair on fire about if they somehow hacked into our voting machine well, and changed votes, I'd be right with you and be like, hey, yeah, why don't we get way better, uh, you know, cybersecurity? They didn't even fucking do that. There's no credible uh, evidence or even an act credible accusation of that even happening. So, Anthony, what the Anthony, fuck, like- Anthony, you're forgetting the 700,000 Twitter impressions over six months. <laughs> be afraid. I know we should be out. How much did that that Lana Del Rey tweet uh, that you had uh, get? How many impressions uh, did that get up? To? One million more. It was one point seven million <laughs> on that single tweet. And we've mentioned it several times. So so, it's just, it's you don't. I think from some of the earliest episodes I was on the show, we were talking about that. That you know, boomers don't know what that means. That in their brains they think scary. they think, yeah, sure. oh, that's seven hundred thousand votes that were stolen. Uh, in swing states, it's like they don't know what the fuck a Twitter impression is. They have no clue. Yeah. Um. Or, or, or you know, they, they just it's, the Twitter impression literally happens when you scroll past the tweet. Like you could scroll past the tweet and not even fucking you know, Twitter impressions are not the same yeah. as engagement. Impression literally just means it passed by somebody's I screen. Could, I could create seven hundred thousand Twitter impressions on like a boring weekend. Like I probably scroll past that many fucking tweets. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about yeah. that. I, was like, I probably, I probably look at yeah hundred thousand tweets a day if I well, had to. And, and you look at how sophisticated real you know troll farms are. Like look at some of the pictures of China where you know to get fake likes and RTs, they have people set up with like a huge fucking board in front of them, like a huge desk, and there's literally two hundred different phones all on a on this I've board that, in front yeah. of them and they're just like going through and like clicking like on every single phone and then the screens change they do it again and again and again because they need they need to like basically manufacture uh fake social media presence. And the only way you can really do it 
is by having one person run all these different accounts. And the way they do it in China is just like, if the Russians couldn't even do that, <laughs> if they literally yeah. just had like, like 12 guys sitting around not really doing anything. And then once in a while they would, you know, tweet something. I mean, we're talking about 700,000 Twitter impressions, <laughs> less than I got in a single tweet over the course of six months. <laughs> what were they, what else were they really doing during all that time? You know, was it just like an actually like a front for the mob? And really they were just, you know, sitting around gambling, wearing, you know, squatting, throwing dice, wearing well, so track suits or what? <laughs> a lot of those people were just were just uh, trying the ad farms. Basically, they were trying to get people they were trying to get people to click their shit so they would get av- right. ad revenue. Like a lot of like the and you actually look at the shit they posted. It was like memes like, you know, uh, uh like Bert, like shirtless Bernie, like muscular shirtless Bernie, or right. like everyone who listens like, to the show, they they remember all that. But the, I mean, there was the one with the what was it, the uh, uh, Jesus fighting Satan, Hillary, or some shit like that. Yeah, it's like this, this is not this is not exactly fucking sophisticated psyops here. This is like literally shit that I would look at and kind of chuckle at and keep scroll. Like you know, it, it, it's it's preposterous yeah. to think that this even influences a single vote. But you know what? They've known this, and the reason they keep talking about it, and they're going to keep talking about it, is because they can't let this narrative go. Because then again, they're going to have to reckon with the fact that they lost fair and square to Donald Trump, and they cannot. Well, both 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 for their brand and personally for their sanity, they cannot reckon. Sure, with but the, the fact they're that they so lost to this willing clown. to push this thing off a cliff again, out of their just blind hatred for this guy, that they are fueling a narrative that only get, lends him more credibility when people, independent voters, realize that uh, it's bullshit and it always really was a witch hunt. Uh, and Trump just, you know, fed them breadcrumbs. They couldn't resist it. That's going to lend him credibility and get him fucking elected again, elected again. Yeah, possibly. And they can't stop themselves. They're like, I know it's not real, but I can't stop myself from obsessing over it. (laughs) And they, they, because it's, yeah, there was the guy who said, well, uh, what's Trump, Trump has done is treason. And people say, well, actually nothing he's done has been treason. Uh, I mean, there may be obstruction of justice. He's certainly a criminal, but but treason is a very specific, very severe charge to levy against somebody. You know, it's like right. And so far, I mean, he's been investigated, and no signs of it. No signs of a crime. No signs of an impeachable offense. And yet, you've got uh, people that we respect, like AOC, saying, "Oh, if we can't impeach him now." It's like, well, the, what the fuck are you doing falling into this bullshit? Even Pelosi says there's there's nothing to impeach him. Over. So the, there is. So you could say we could impeach him over the emoluments and stuff like that. But you know what? That's existed since literally the second he took the office of presidency. So if you didn't want to focus on that and clearly you'd rather focus on a made up bullshit Russia narrative, you've already given your you've already signed off that as a possibility for impeachment because then anyone would look at that you know uh, critically and say well that's existed since day one why are you just now doing it clearly it's political clearly you're just trying to get rid of them you know if they had actually focused and i again i don't really agree with this as a strategy but if they had actually focused all this russiagate bullshit energy on impeaching him over actual crimes over you know investigating him for money laundering over the tax fraud that has been proven you know that he's committed uh over the emoluments which is a violation of the constitution you actually may have made some leeway in getting people on your side but instead you chose to focus on a narrative that let your fucking queen hillary clinton off the hook for losing to him 
and you know it, it backfired because it didn't fucking exist in the first place the evidence wasn't there sure you, you concocted it and completely destroyed your credibility in the meantime every fucking major uh news outlet destroyed the shred of credibility that they well, had left and they what was the it was a um i think peter douche uh posted a thing about you know how there was a CNN panel and they had 10 people on and every single person was, oh, was repeating hilarious. the same talking point, the same narrative. And it's like, if you get 10 people in a room who all agree with each other, they will start to believe any fucking thing. Right. And if there's no voice in there that says, Hey, wait a minute, you know, or if there's only one and they're afraid to speak out, that's, that's groupthink. That's how you, even if you don't have a corporate democratic agenda uh, th- that's feeding that feeding that narrative it's just human nature to go along with it when no one else is is saying hey uh why don't you guys be journalists and actually look and report what is actually known or is actual evidence instead of what could possibly exist but we have no shred of evidence of yeah no it's absolutely pathetic and you know (laughs) but they're gonna keep going with this they just can't help themselves like I, i i was at work when when the report came out uh, and I, you know, like Twitter will have like live videos from like different news, a, a like things so you can watch like real time coverage. And I click over to one and it's literally five people sitting at a desk reading, furiously reading through the Mueller report live on air, like not saying anything. And I'm like, this is how pathetic journalism is like what 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 were they going to do if they caught something in that report they're gonna go oh look at this and then just like say it out loud like without you know vetting it or anything like that without you know looking into the context like that's literally what they were doing on cable news today is sitting there with their fucking laptops reading this now they're not even they're not as satisfied with the report 448 pages slightly redacted is not good enough so now they're all demand even you know but Mueller's their savior he was above reproach right. so I now they're like, demanding what? he testify to give context to it i'm like if you, the fucking the report is 448 pages of testimony i don't think i don't know if you understand that that you're not going to get any an ounce of anything more out of him under cross-examination uh, other than to just feed this for another week of of news cycles that's all it's going to do. And it, you just you just feed the fucking brain parasite even more. Well, because they just can't let it go because they, they you know, they, they've come. They've they're so pot committed at this point that, you know, they're literally all in and they've they've, they've <laughs> lost all in. <laughs> With yeah, like all in uh, um, but no, but like they're literally all in and they've lost the hand and they're like, no, 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 please. Let me here. Just here's my watch. Just come on. One more hand. One more hand, please. <laughs> I've got a, they can't, I've got a yacht left. Don't, don't, don't kick me out. Uh, <laughs> and they can't walk away from the table. It's like, God, you fucking look, you're, you look, you, I, I understand you feel stupid because you've been duped into covering this and, or, you know, intentionally focused on this to distract from other things whatever the case i think there's some chuck todd's a genuinely stupid person like i think he genuinely believes in all this shit that people like john fucking piece of shit cocksucking ex-cia head brennan say on his fucking network but there are plenty of people who i think are smart enough to understand that this is all bullshit from the beginning and they were just pushing uh a narrative to you know to to so doubt about the trump's trump's presidency and not focus on other areas of of concern and yada yada but they they can't they can't allow themselves 
to admit that they were wrong because then why do any of them have TV shows? Why should anyone listen to them if they go on air and say, look, you know, I know this is literally all we've talked about for two and a half years straight. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of cable news coverage have been devoted to this. And it uh, turns out, yeah, we were kind of just doing it for nothing. Well, kind of all bullshit. there's an easy way out of that. And that's to say, OK, there was enough to warrant investigation. Now that it's out, it turns out there was no, it was a nothing burger. Like, but that's why we did the investigation to find out mm-hmm. and then just move on to something else. That That's what a responsible journalist might do to have a way out and protect their own ego and whatever shred of integrity they have left. But none of them have that in the first place, let alone are trying no. to reclaim that's it. That's why they have those jobs. That's, you know, exactly. Noam Chomsky always said, it's not that they're, they're told to say something, but they wouldn't be in that position if they didn't have the opinions that the corporations wanted them to have in the first place. Like that's why they put them in those positions. Sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, and, and again, it's like, if they moved on from this, what are they going to talk about? It's like, that their 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 journalism muscles have completely atrophied if they ever existed in the first place. Like Chris Hayes used to be a fucking union reporter. Now he's, you know, just pushing nonstop bullshit 24-7. It's like, what, what, what do you think? He's going to go back to reporting about, uh, you know, uh, the back, secret backroom deals that Etna are doing, you know, with, with, like to, to fuck over, you know, consi- like, no, he's, he doesn't know how to do that shit anymore. None of them do. Well, uh, there was what, they have no interest uh, in it there, you know, um, there's there's no big pipeline protest going on to cover at the moment. And there should be. There should be huge rallies at the border against, uh, you know, there's there's not really those things going on. And the, the media has a role in that. When the media doesn't cover anything, you have no ability yeah. for actions like that to get larger and get coverage and reach a critical mass where it does any good. And, of course, they deliberately don't cover those things because the corporate sponsors and the networks don't want those things to get attention and they don't want those activists to get, you know, to, uh, to, to rise to prominence. But, you know, we just, we just had, uh, you know, the, the worst wildfires in California history a few months ago. There's no coverage about that already. Um, there was hardly any at the time. And so you have these yeah. huge stories that could be getting coverage all the time. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I talked to, I've talked to people, at work who call in who lost their homes in some of those wildfires. The one that took out like 3000 homes in one County alone, you know, like that should be nightly news. Every 3000 homes lost in a single fire. That's yeah. I've never heard of anything like that in this country. No, it's absolute travesty. It's a disaster. And that should be the leading story every fucking night for weeks. You know, what were the personal stories? You can human, you could just make it a human interest story and be like, oh, how did these families survive? How did they, you know, we're here and this person, they're staying in this hotel, but you know, how long until they can rebuild? You know, that's even if you don't even run it as a climate change story every Mm -hmm. single moment, they just don't want to have it. It's just another thing they almost never talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Where do the, where do those people go? What happened to that community? It's nobody's reporting on shit like that. Uh, did weren't they like for a while staying in like tents in the walmart parking lot or something i, I remember oh, yeah. reading something about we had you know that. california climate refugees who were staying in tent cities because their entire city burned down um so yeah that that's happening already in this country and uh does rachel Maddow cover that fuck no no because we we have to talk about sergey kislyak and how he had a meeting once with uh you know blah 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 we gotta and talk to that. about that train bridge from north korea to russia oh my god that's that. that's <laughs> there crosses their border it's only 10 miles wide and on that bridge 
who knows what there could be trains we need the, needs, one day there's going to be an art installation like a comedy art installation that's about Russiagate and it's just going to be clips from Maddow's show and you just go into a room and it plays like a, a two minute clip of her just absurd hysteria about you know about this train bridge that connects Russia and North Korea or about uh, th- how Russia wanted to, it could hack the power grid during the polar vortex and you know kill a bunch of Americans by hacking our pa- like it, I, I mean I really wonder when she goes home at night, like, does she feel any shame? Does she know what she's doing? Is she so fucking mentally unhinged that she really believes the shit that she's been reporting on for the past two years? You don't think after a while. It's just, it's repetition. You do the same thing every night for so long and you don't, it's not that you don't question it. It's just a reflex. And you start to believe, you know, there's nobody who ever comes up to her and says, what the fuck are you doing? what the fuck have you become? There's nobody around her. And when you never have somebody criticize you, you have no moments of self-reflection. You have no moments of self-doubt. You have no moments of shame in your life. So whatever. It's kind of like that. It was kind of like the Chelsea Clinton thing. It's like people like that are so insulated from any kind of real life human criticism that like when they're confronted with it they they i think they're like flabbergasted like they, they it's not even like they're annoyed they're like ah, what what are you talking about like like that woman who confronted chelsea clinton when she was trying to fucking show her face at that you know the the muslim vigil and she was just like well i'm 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 sorry you feel that way and and, and the guy was like what the fuck are you talking yeah. about what does that well, mean well it works because she got a lot quieter on twitter lately i noticed <laughs> Yeah, I know. Have you seen her button into other people's conversations as a little, little reply as guy? As an American. Yeah, as an American. <laughs> so, yeah, that shut her the fuck up. And I hope she she fucking went home and cried into her pregnant, drunken pillow. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Her, anyway. Her $500. I don't you know. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't know if I can even think about Rachel Maddow anymore for, for one cast. So, it's time to move on. Yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I I don't think this is going to go anywhere. This will drag into 2020, and I'm sure every fucking debate that they have, it's going to be like, hey Bernie, why don't you talk about Russia more during like, just everyone prepare for that because that's coming. Um, so, uh, you know, I wanted to mention we didn't get a chance to last week because it happened. I think after we recorded, but obviously we talked a little bit about the Ilhan Omar uh situation where people were trying to take her words completely out of context to smear her and attack her as if she was somehow minimizing nine 11, you know, it, it, it was preposterous. Um, so in the wake of that, of course, the right wing seized upon it. And then Trump tweeted out a video, uh, where he essentially is just trying to get Congresswoman Omar, uh, killed because he's tweeting out videos with her, uh, speech, uh, set to, like like images and videos from 9-11 from the towers like getting crashed into and collapsing and like it, it, it was one of the most disgusting things i've ever it's maybe the worst thing i've ever seen him tweet which is pretty uh which is a pretty high bar i, I mean he's, it was it was clearly a direct incitement of violence and a, a direct uh act of stochastic terrorism where he's saying hey this congresswoman is a terrorist sympathizer maybe my fucking lunatic fans should do something about it 
and, and I think his his thing was even like we will never forget or whatever his uh you know his comment right. above it. Well, it it seems bizarre because it's like you think it's we've gotten worse somehow in our government, but if you go back historically, uh, with with the level of discourse we've had in say the eighteen hundreds, where um, you know rival Congress people who disagreed on issues came to like, you know, have pistol duels, <laughs> you know, it, it, that, that's actually happened or, or now like that time where like our sitting vice president killed the secretary of the treasury. Yeah, like right. Um, or, or like the, the Israeli parliament where if anyone in, in parliament speaks out for Palestinian rights, there's other members of that parliament that will call for them to be executed. You know, so oh, it's like, like I, I, I get how awful Trump stuff is, but it still kind of pales in comparison to. Oh, sure. Other but things. yeah, I mean, but you know, you know, he, we, we know what he's fucking doing. Right. Like, we know what he's trying to do. He's, he's waiting for another Florida van man to, you know, start making more pipe bombs. Um, this is literally, by the way, the earlier in the week, and I think we reported on this last week or two weeks ago, she had a fucking guy call her office and say he was going to put a bullet in her. Yeah, fucking we talked skull. about this last week to pretty extensively, and we talked about what she said and and how it was, you know, completely uh, without offense whatsoever. And they were just like some, you know, like people. Yeah, how dare she call them people? We we talked about this a bunch last week. Actually, I don't know. You, no, I know, but this yeah. is new, you know, or new wrinkle sure. to it. So sure. I mean the. Trump, you know, tweeted that and you expect, uh, you know, everyone to condemn that. Obviously, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who's the leader of the Democrats and who Ilan Omar actually endorsed for speaker, you know, when she was running, uh, you know, as a favor to Pelosi. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi had a really strong uh, rebuke, rebuke of Trump. Right. Like, obviously. So Pelosi tweeted. The memory of 9-11 is sacred ground and any discussion of it must be done with reverence. The president shouldn't use painful images of 9-11 for a political attack. As we visit our troops to, uh, in Stuttgart to thank them and be briefed by them, we honor our first responsibility as leaders to protect and defend the American people. It is wrong for the president, as commander-in-chief, to fan the flames and make anyone less safe. So wait, What the fuck is that? Wait, she, she <laughs> said that she was outside the country at the time? Isn't, isn't being outside the country uh, abandoning your post? Isn't that treason to, to leave America when you're the, you know, the... Could, could we contest her seat while she's out of the country? Yeah. We... So she, like she abandoned her post. Like she's Speaker of the House and she's not in the House. So according to Ned Stark, you abandon your, your post. That's treason. So, so what she did is she reinforces Trump's framing of the situation that, 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 you know, with the implication that Ilhan Omar was disrespectful of nine 11, which again is total fucking bullshit. And this is the same shit that people and including fucking people like TYT did when Ilhan Omar made that comment about, it's all about the Benjamins. They reinforce the bullshit smear and then criticize the person who's doing the smear as if that somehow makes them better. No, when you reinforce their fucking bad faith smear, you're, you're, giving half the battle up to them already. That's like saying, oh, well, yeah, I know Maduro's a really bad guy, but I don't think we should get rid of him. Like, no, what, what, why are you fucking reinforcing a bullshit, you know, bad faith smear? And then, you know, saying, well, I don't agree with the solution to that, you know? Right. Cause they're afraid and they're coward. They're cowardly. Um, you know, it's, it's just a defense mechanism because you want to say the right thing, but you don't want to get attacked yourself. So it's like, well, I can see how you could see that, but you shouldn't, it's just, it's whatever. So Kirsten Gillibrand also had a response uh, that was somehow even better than Pelosi's. 
uh, as a senator who represents 9-11 victims, I can't accept any minimizing of that pain. But Trump's dangerous rhetoric against Ilhan Omar is disgusting. It's a false choice to suggest that we can't fight terrorism and reject Islamophobic hate at once. A president should do both. <laughs> so she can't accept any minimizing of that pain. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, what the fuck? Like, my God. I, you know, I, I just... I, they've so internalized just fucking decades of right-wing fucking uh smearing and and uh opinion steering to the point where they immediately concede to whatever fucking lunatic point that the right wing is trying to make about any subject and then try to like fight their way back to the middle from there like that's that's just the way they operate from just a position of concession at every fucking second well, it's unbelievable well, how what's pathetic what's the are. subtext of what they're saying about what Ilhan Omar said the subtext is we don't want you speaking out for the rights of Muslims. That's why they're saying yeah. it the way they're saying it. That they're trying to make it clear to her they don't want her speaking out for Palestinian human rights, for Muslim human rights. They want her to just be their cardboard cutout of intersexual uh, intersectionality. That's all they want. They want the and, and intersexuality also. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's their, they're very, they're, you know, it's not low key to us. So they're, what they think is low key trying to warn her, we don't want you speaking out on anything. Just sit there. And they won't and back her because they can't be seen to back her even when she's in the right because the fucking people that they answer to at APAC would be mad at them if they show any kind of support for her, even if it's not a subject mm -hmm. related to Israel. Like Kirsten Gillibrand takes a time. Kirsten Gillibrand was one of the original co-sponsors of that uh, criminalization of BDS bill that, you know, they had to to re retract and shame. But the one that was going to criminalize uh, protesting a foreign country for for, you know, <laughs> committing apartheid. Oh, yeah. You uh, if you uh, refuse to sign a, a, a dual loyalty pledge, you can lose your your job now if you're a state contractor. Oh, no, Just, you it, can't call a dual loyalty. That's anti-Semitic. Oh, right, right, it's right. Fucking nonsense. Like you literally know, to, to, to make, like just your job says, well, to renew the contract, you have to sign this, uh, you know, loyalty to Israel clause in your contract that you won't support any <laughs> movements that are uh, against the, you know, part. Like, I'm just the janitor, dude. Like what the, what the fuck is this? Like, like Israel. I don't even know where that is. What is what? <laughs> so, but they would literally make like the janitors sign that fucking pledge. And it's like, what, dude, I just, I just clean the floors. Like what? I don't understand. Like what this. <laughs> yeah. Like I demand you sign this Israeli loyalty pledge, ma'am. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's, it was basically the real life equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, so and just to close out this, uh, this is what a real fucking leader looks like. This is Bernie's response right after Trump. Tweet, and he was actually one, I think, the first one major person to respond. Uh, Ilhan Omar is a leader with strength and courage. She won't back down to Trump's racism and hate and neither will we. This disgusting, uh, the disgusting and dangerous attacks against her must end that's how you respond to some bullshit like that. You don't fucking reinforce yeah. their bullshit fake point without, you know, you know, I still, if, if I was making that statement would back up the point she made that was, she was being attacked on that after nine 11, all Muslim people were treated as though they were terrorists and that's yeah, bigotry no, and hatred, you know, and if they really want to, I'm sure stand if you asked him, her, he would agree with that. No, but. of course, of course. But like, that should be the first statement there, not saying she's sure. courageous necessarily, but saying she was right. That, you know, that all Muslims were being targeted with hate crimes 
and disdain by the right wing in this country for the actions of some people. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, good on Bernie for coming to her defense when a lot of people just, you know, <laughs> threw her under the bus yeah. because can't have her speaking up. So, so, you know, Pelosi's a fucking terrible leader. I mean, everyone knows that. Uh, and she continued to prove it this week. Uh, in her interview with 60 Minutes. So 60 Minutes decided to interview her for, you know, God knows what fucking reason. But uh, Hey, she had an hour she, free on her schedule. Why not? Yeah, no, sure. Because, um, you know, she, she she clearly has a lot of uh, interesting insights on where the Democratic Party should go. That's, that's... Uh, so they interview her, and uh, Leslie Nope, the fucking 60 Minutes uh, airhead, was asking her about the the kind of divide in the democratic party between, you know, the left flank that actually wants to do things uh, that help the American people, people like AOC and Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and literally almost everyone else in the party. So this is uh, Pelosi's response when she was asked about it. So you are contending with a group in Congress over here on the left flank are these self-described socialists on the right, these moderates, and you yourself said that you're the only one who can unify everybody. And the question is, can you? By and large, uh, whatever orientation they came to Congress with, they know that we have to hold the center, that we have to go down the mainstream. They know that? They do. But it doesn't look like that. It looks as if it, you're, it's fractured. She likes to minimize the conflicts within her caucus between the moderates and the progressives. You have these wings, AOC and her group on one side. That's like five people. No, it's what a con- progressive group. It's more than five. I'm a progressive, yeah. <laughs> I'm a progressive. That's why I fucking hate that label, and I'm glad we took it off the show. Because fuck the idea. If she can call herself progressive, and people say, well, she's not a real progressive. It's... <laughs> It's like, I mean, look, it, words, words are meaningless. They're, they only have the meaning that people give them. And at one time, you know, that word did mean something that was a distinguishing word. Oh, it's been versus, a, politically, it's been right. around a long time. I mean, FDR was seen as is a progressive. Right. But he was more exactly. than that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I talk to people and they're like, well, progressive just, you know, I, it means that people ask me to define it sometimes and I'll. I'll say I, I think it's just liberals that think that capitalism needs to be reformed. And I yep. don't think it can be reformed. I it only can be yep. abolished. It's never you know, it's it's like <laughs> I just I'm I'm reluctant to criticize people who call themselves progressives too much because there are a lot of Bernie supporters who we're, you know, considerably to the left of who who don't consider themselves socialists, who also support a bunch of socialist programs. So I don't I, I don't wanna be super alienating to them because i do think that they're just well, on their journey to realizing that they're socialists maybe, you know what i mean like maybe but I just, and, and they're just not comfortable calling themselves socialists yet or well, leftists should, like that's another loaded get out of their fucking comfort zone and then start being the real thing um yeah, yeah i mean as far as pelosi's comments it, she couldn't be more condescending and dismissive this is like five people <laughs> and it's you know it's like she knows that people will then cheer her on for being so condescending. Well, you know, she's earned it. She's look how bold she is. She'll just say these things and then downplay 
conflict within the party when she's literally behind all the conflict in the party in trying to block green new deal and trying to block medicare for all and trying to block all the things that people who are really on the left you know somewhat think that the party universally supports and it's i have to tell my parents i'm like no mom pelosi does not support any of the things that you want us to do bernie supports those things and she's been coming around on on realizing that and, you know, I, I don't hit her over the head with it. I, I don't talk politics with her very often, but, you know, it's just, it's, if this is when she can say, I'm, I'm the, I'm progressive and I'm a moderate and I'm a centrist and I'm the right of the party. It's just, it's like, okay, well, you're. And words mean nothing. <laughs> words mean nothing. But I just, you know, I, it's a, t- I hate the label. I hate the term. I hate the idea that, oh, if we just, uh, uh, capitalism is just, is just the way it is and we just need to, you know, make it a little bit more compassionate. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a waste of time. So, you know, right now there are a lot of people who support Bernie who feel that way, who feel that capitalism is just needs really strong reform and that it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's possible to save capitalism. And that's not something we obviously believe. So eventually there's going to come to be a divide where we're going to have to fight those people. But I I'll, think I'm we're a right little now. bit in a situation. <laughs> the, the, no, the, I know. You heard but, that commercial but, on know, TYT for some other dude's podcast that's on there. And it, it's it, he's like, well, I uh, you might not expect that I'd be on Oh, the TV. fucking billionaire guy? Yeah, whoever it is. And he's like, I'm a blood-sucking venture capitalist, but I agree that growing wealth inequality is going to destroy this country. And it's like, oh, so you are blood-sucking capitalist to that agrees that capitalism is going to destroy the country because the wealth inequality is because of one reason and one reason only. Fucking capitalism. <laughs> All right, so... Yes, it, the, the desire to gain as much money as possible right. at the expense of other people. Anna, like that's literally Anna on TYT said it today, she, or she tweeted it out a couple days ago, actually. She said, you know, n- nobody on the left is saying that there shouldn't be rich people. We're just saying that rich people should have to pay their fair share. You fucking lying piece of shit. Everybody on the left is against rich people. You just don't know anyone on the fucking left, Anna. They, you know what, it... They're in their own bubble too. I mean, like they're in their Absolutely. LA, like, like you know, doing well enough to make it. You know, purely from doing news, you know, entertainment, whatever commentary. You want to call it. That's fine, and, but they freely admit they don't listen to any other media sources. And it's like, yeah, I mean, just there, there's a, there's definitely that. That's like a, a, a growing issue I've noticed is an erasure of the actual left voices of of you know, I, I don't want to say the party, but of, of the of the left wing of this country by that kind of group. And I, again, I don't we're not at cross purposes yet, because right now we're both trying to get the leftmost candidate in the race to win the presidency. But sure, eventually there's going to become a point where we're going to have to say, look, we don't want to save capitalism. Capitalism is a fundamentally flawed fundamentally it's not flawed it works exactly any, the way it's equal. designed to wow. it works exactly flawed for society yeah, flawed for society's to. part you, you know what I'm saying. i know what you're saying yeah, i'm not but saying when people it, say it's a broken system i want to punch him in the fucking face it's not a broken system yeah, no, it's a that. flawlessly it's a, perfect world controlling system to impoverish people to destroy the planet to and get rich in the process for a select few people yeah. it is yeah the no there, there's most, no problem with capitalism it it is the problem like that's that's what i mean sure. it's not it's fundamentally flawed in its design it's not it's not 
flawed in that it's not being implemented right. Like <laughs> you could say that, you know, there were, there were what people cite as communism, things like, you know, Soviet Russia and things like that. Those were actually flawed executions of a, a, a well-designed and well laid out form of government. Like, well, it, it's that's like not saying what those, those when, were. when the like, government sells, uh, when the government leases public land for fracking, it's like saying that's socialism. It's like, you know, oh, you yeah. know that's, <laughs> oh, that land all belongs to us, but only the oil companies get to uh, exploit it. How is that it's public like, no, land? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the Soviet Union wasn't communism. The Soviet Union was state capitalism. No, state capitalism. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. Anyway, I don't want to get bogged down in like what is or is not whatever. Just fucking yeah, everyone, but, so, everyone on fucking Facebook has, it already does that day in and day out. Uh, but yeah, it's just I hate I fucking the Pelosi's out there, the condescension, the dismissiveness, just the, just the fucking arrogance. And I wouldn't too. mind like, it. Oh, that's like five people. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it so much if I then didn't see Ilhan and AOC just fucking shine her shoes for her all day long. Like tell that fucking yeah, bitch to go fuck herself. Go back and occupy her fucking office again. Let her it's, know that there's going to be consequences like- for that shit. They're still playing patty cakes with these people. And it's like Nancy Pelosi is out in the open, undermining you and calling you a fucking asshole to your face. Like, what are you going to do about it? You're going to say something or you're going to you're going to public. So an AOC response. So then after that, in another interview, Pelosi said that a glass of water could have won that race that AOC won against Joe Crowley. Like totally unprompted, like because I'm sure some interviewer was like, well, she won a race against a 10 term incumbent. And then and she was like, oh, a glass of water could have won in that a district. glass of water so yeah thanks so so yeah it, she's done this several times it, where she said there's nothing you know there's nothing special about aoc that any democrat could have won there uh but yet she was fervently in favor of joe crowley so clearly there's a certain flavor of democrat that she wants and it's not aoc by the way glass of water <laughs> would do better electorally than Joe Crowley, apparently, according apparently. to Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. So I'm sure, sure. But so again, I don't know why they're not out in the open at war with these people because they're not. No. They're cross purposes. Everything that they claim to want to support that AOC and Ilhan and all these right. people they do it because fight for. Pelosi can yank them off committees. That's that's it. But like, let her do it. Like fucking, you know. Right now, you're not getting anything. Like, I, I, it's really important that they're on those committees, and w- the, what we've gotten from that has been really uh, helpful to the dialogue. But you know what you do if you call out Pelosi for her obvious like stabbing you in the in the front, not even in the back, and she takes you off a committee. You expose to everyone in the fucking country who doesn't really pay that close attention to politics that Pelosi's a craven fucking right wing hack. Yeah. Like if, if all of a sudden it, it, AOC uh, AOC gets yanked off the uh, the the uh, uh, finance committee, whatever committee she's on, the uh, Ways and Means, uh, that's going to be a national news story, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh my God, why did they take her off this committee?" Oh, because she criticized Pelosi after well, Pelosi maybe. was so dismissive of her. But I, I think you know, like, in those very call it a fucking bluff, like, those very blue strongholds, you know, if they really wanted to invest a ton of money into unseating a new one incumbent like AOC, there's enough party loyalists that if they really wanted to go to war against her as a party, they could change. They're going to try. They, they try, but I still think that, that AOC doesn't want to have to fight that fight just yet. They're going to, they are, they are going to mount such a fucking primary against Ilhan. They've already talked openly about how they're going to do it. Like party, you know, the Minnesota democratic party. And you know, 
but unfortunately, you know, it, it, the great thing that that's happened because of all this constant attacking from everybody is that these people are insanely popular. Like you saw during Bernie's town hall, which we'll talk about later, just the mention of Ilhan Omar elicited like the biggest cheer of the night. Like when, when, when he mentioned like, Oh, well you've been a strong supporter of Ilhan Omar. Yeah. The crowd went fucking nuts. Like, the, well, the, the, like it, he like, did distance himself a little bit and he said, well, no, his answer I, wasn't great. But like he, before that even happened, they were like, they were going crazy for just the mention they, of her they name. Were, which makes me think that that audience was a bit more stacked than we'd like to, to imagine. But there's a lot of Bernie supporters in Pennsylvania. We know that whether they're independent, democratic leftists, whatever. Um, yeah. But he did kind of say, like, well, hold on, because they were trying to conflate him with her a little bit too much. He's like, oh, well, I've only talked to her like twice. Yeah, and that's like bit. a real thing. When he says, well, I'm friends with certain people, this other person I've only met twice. Well, that's that's fair. And that's all he said. Some people were like, oh, it's so, someone of the bus. But he did say that the most important thing is that, you know, he was talking about the bigotry and the hatred. In that moment, he, he did. And that's what people were really cheering, uh, support of her for speaking out. And he, and he, yeah, he said, I, it, you know, it's not anti-semitic to criticize the right-wing government of israel which is what we've been saying yeah. for a million years and then he said that and then that, that got a big applause line too but but what i'm saying is like they've they've criticized her so much that she's gonna be i hope gonna be bulletproof in that district so you know it every t- they, they they attack these people who are insanely popular at their own peril because People like AOC have a huge megaphone now, and people like Ilhan Omar also now have a huge megaphone. Oh, yeah. So. I'll, I'll see some random Islamic cleric here in the U.S. tweet something in support of her, and it's got 45,000 RTs on it. I'm like, what the? Who, who's this guy? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you know, and, and there's a huge uh, population of Arab American immigrants in Minneapolis. There's a huge population of arab american immigrants in uh southern you know southern parts of southeast michigan dearborn uh ann arbor area which is where um abdul al who ran for governor who uh did pretty well considering he had all the bernie uh, all the bernie groups supported him um but yeah i mean a lot of those state people don't realize that like the state party state level has a lot of organizing power to take down you know, so the leftist sure. people, um, I remember there was, you know, the, the, those, those party or state party level people went to war against Abdul. Like they were just like, no fucking way. Are we going to support an Arab immigrant? Right. You know, somebody who, whose wife wears a hijab, they just weren't going to do it. And they said, well, we don't want to do it because, you know, right wing voters won't support it. It's like, well, you're just being racist for them then. So you're just reinforcing their racism and being exactly racist in the process. Exactly. Right? But I remember because I uh, I didn't actually go to mm-hmm. the state uh, delegation or the state uh, convention. Right. But there was a few people who uh, had to be nominated only by people that had joined the state party. Right. Like not just being a registered Democrat, but you had to like join the state party to do it. And that vote was who decided who was going to be. Uh, the attorney general nomination, which there was uh, some really big names within the state party that were running for that. And then along came Dana Nessel, who was one of the attorneys that um, got marriage equality legalized uh, in all 50 states mm-hmm. with the Supreme Court thing. Uh, and she was very adamant that she was going to you know, take out this big oil pipeline in the Great Lakes and she was going to go after Rick Snyder for poisoning Flint. He was, she was going to pursue criminal charges like extreme left wing uh, attorney general. And there was a like pretty much a war for that seat. And she ended up winning it by a landslide at that uh, at that convention. 
Uh, and that's when I was just like, oh shit, like there's, there's a lot more going on on the state level with a lot of these races than people realize. And, you know, at the same time, oh, yeah. Ilhan was running, uh, Zephyr Teachout was running, like, um, uh, Cynthia Nixon was running. So there was a whole oh, bunch of other her. people. They, they, they came up with a whole new way to fuck over Zephyr Teachout. Right. They came up with a strategy. Right, right. But yeah, they're using a fucking so get Bernie now. We definitely probably. know that there are there are people uh, in some of those seats who are vulnerable, being that they're so new. But yeah, I mean they gotta they gotta not be afraid to fucking tell Pelosi to fuck off and start doing it more often, yeah. stand up for themselves. Because if they're not going to do that, she is going to know that she's untouchable and she's going to keep undermining everything. She's going to undermine everything good and decent we're trying to fight for. Don't let her. Like if Bernie wins in twenty twenty. They they have leadership elections every two years. Fucking challenger, Ilhan, go fucking run against her. I look if you're not going to get the votes, and you're not going to get the votes, but at least make the effort to fucking get rid of her mm-hmm. because she is going to be the biggest detriment and the biggest roadblock to anything that Bernie's trying to get passed that there is in Congress. She's going to be way more fucking uh, intransigent than like you know Mitch McConnell is going to be or whoever the fuck that you know the potential republican has so if bernie wins and he's on the top of the ticket the democrats theoretically are going to take back the senate because the senate's very uh favorable to the democrats in 2020 because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of red seats up and not too many blue seats so if bernie's at the top of the ticket turnout's going to be way up they're going to flip the house flip the senate probably keep the house and take the presidency. They're going to have all three chambers of government and a president will actually do something with it. Instead of being like, well, and a mandate, I only have the shit uh, that the president houses, the Congress and the white house. What am I going to do with that? I guess I'll just uh, wait until I don't have them and then claim that I never did the way the Republicans (laughs) did to Obama. It was just those pesky Republicans that, that stopped me. from. from I remember what year was it? It was, um, Oh gosh, it was 2014 when uh, Republicans mm-hmm. took both the Congress and the Senate and people tweeted out, well, Obama can finally, uh, you know, finally actually have the, uh, you know, the the obstruction to him that he's pretended he's already had for the last 10 <laughs> he years. He's <laughs> yeah, he had a filibuster proof majority in the House and the Senate for over for a year and a half. Like it, like he literally could have fucking hey, hammered through anything Joe Lieberman was they, they were powerless to stop Joe Lieberman right <laughs> yeah no they totally were powerless to stop Joe Lieberman <laughs> they couldn't have they couldn't like get rid of the filibuster or anything like that either I mean god forbid like that the, can you that's unprecedented can you imagine I mean that's that's so unprecedented that they did it like two years later when they were still in power right before they lost their fucking power in the senate in the 20 fucking 10 midterms <sighs> like they, they just put that yeah fucking pathetic so you know they 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 have to challenge her because she's never gonna it, it's not ideological for her she's just a fucking corporate whore she takes money from all of these companies to do their fucking bidding and that's what she's there for like that's the only reason she is in power that's the only reason she's in congress she doesn't care about fucking service like you think she would be in congress if she wasn't getting money from these fucking companies of course not like that she has no reason to be no and there's no reason they would uh, select somebody to be speaker of the house who can't formulate fucking sentences without sounding like she's a drunken fucking mess slurring her words every three seconds like that's you know it's preposterous not that there's anything wrong with that because some of my uh, best friends are people who uh, slur their words every few seconds (laughs) or drunken messes who yeah yeah. but but like but she's like it's 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 so laughable on its face that if you showed this to somebody from another country and we're like hey this is the speaker 
of the house. This is the speaker of the right. entire party. These are, she's are, like, are oh, 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 that's just like highest oh, ranking like, person to, you know, in the party. That. These are our heads of state, you know, and um, it, all it takes is one one sixteen year old kid in suspenders to say the word socialism for her to, you know, kill Bill. <laughs> siren goes off on her head, and she's like, <laughs> must stay safe, capitalism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So she fucking sucks so, too. You know, I'm, I'm sick of talking about Pelosi now. So all the people we've talked about, yeah. we don't. I've been like, oh, I'm just tired of talking about them. Just tired of seeing the fucking shitty. But they're still in power, so it's and, like just fucking assholes. I know. But she's actually got a primary challenge. This guy Shahid. Uh, I forget. I forget his full name, but people should look him up. Shahid for Congress, I think, is his Twitter handle, mm. and he's a uh, Muslim dude. So that would be an extra added bonus if we could get him elected yeah, and well, get her out of that. Of team. course, her her <laughs> supporters <laughs> will say, "Well, we can't risk it because the right wing won't support a a Muslim." Yeah, they'll, in they'll fucking San Francisco, like like you know, like. <laughs> right. But but um. So in any event, uh, she sucks and. Uh, we mentioned Bernie, you know, but so you know, Bernie's been in the news a lot. We talked a little bit about his town hall, but Bernie had a town hall on Fox this week, and you know, going into it, there were a bunch of people, uh, you know, uh, for a variety of reasons. A lot of centrists were criticizing him, being like, "Oh, don't legitimize Fox News," blah blah. blah. The same people who couldn't give a shit when Hillary Clinton, you know, did a town hall on Fox, you know, during the 2016 cycle. Um, but there were a lot of leftists I saw too, or people who consider themselves like leftists, you know, uh, saying, "Well, look, you know, I understand why he's doing it, but you're still legitimizing Fox as a news source, and you shouldn't do that." And this is the network, same network, network as Tucker Carlson. Uh, I, I suspect that any of those people, once they actually watched the town hall, uh, retracted, <laughs> at least, you know, internally retracted that criticism. Because yeah. I, he, I I had some interactions with some of those people, too, just to back up what you're saying, who were not centrist at all, weren't saying that, you know, uh, yeah, you shouldn't go people on, on our on, side for sure on Fox. They just said, well, Bernie goes on there. They're going to bring up the fact that he uh, said good things about Castro in the 80s. And they're going to just say, oh, socialism. What about Venezuela? And, and, and it's like I. I doubted that was going to be the case because Fox is not that savvy, um, you know, where where he Bernie got out there and none of those things happened. Uh, and actually, he completely he controlled, controlled the room. room. Yeah. And it was like Fox wasn't they they had the the town hall out in like working class fucking Pennsylvania coal mine country, Bethlehem, you know, the, the rust belt of America rather than Washington, D.C. and packing the room full of lobbyists and consultants and interns from uh, quote unquote think tanks uh, in, in D.C. who asked a bunch of loaded bullshit questions um, of Bernie trying to get him off his game, which they did a little bit here on Fox. There was a little bit of antagonism from the host at the beginning, but then they kind of agreed to kind of, well, let's be fair and we'll I'll answer fair questions. And there was a few beta questions he ignored, but the audience was completely on Bernie's side. Anyone who watched this and thought that a Fox News audience uh, wouldn't support things like a Green New Deal and Medicare for all uh, is just not being honest with themselves. Yeah, it's like Bethlehem, Pennsylvania is a town that used to be a huge manufacturing town. And of course, they lost all of that when America lost all of its manufacturing, essentially. And, you know you got a guy coming here uh, and saying like, Hey, I want to rebuild this country and give all of you people jobs, you know, uh, working on this new uh, massive green energy infrastructure project. I want to yeah, jobs you can feel good they're about like, and have dignity about cause you're not raping the planet yeah, at the same time. They pay time. you a fucking living wage. Yeah. 
But they, I, but I'm sure, you know, it doesn't matter to them what the job is. It's like, hey, we're going to pay you a living wage and you're going to have this job and it's not going to be a miserable. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's just like, what do you think? They're, they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, that sounds great. And I'm like living in Section 8 housing, but uh, you are a Democrat or you are, you know, a leftist and you're running in the Democratic Party. So uh, I guess I'm going to ignore the fact that I need a job and the fact that I don't have health care that covers the, my, you know, cancer treatment and all that. Like, no, they're going to be like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's that's why we, a lot of those people, uninformed, kind of low information voters, voted for Trump because he fucking lied about all that shit and said he would do that. You know, he said he'd give health care to everybody. Sure and give bring all their jobs back and of well, course it, we knew you wouldn't but you're you're exactly right they're not they're not politically savvy necessarily they're not media savvy politically but they are going to vote for yeah. whoever offers them something material material policy always fucking wins votes people like Beto O'Rourke and uh Mayor Pete whatever Buttigieg who offer nothing but just meaningless, vague platitudes with nothing material are always going to fucking lose those states because people look at that and they're like, I don't know what, uh, you know, fulfilling the process the, the, the promise of America means like, what the fuck does that mean? That can mean whatever I want. I'm trying to feed my fucking family. You know, I'm trying to make sure that, uh, you know, if I've got black lung from working in a coal mine, uh, like my father and my, his father before him, that I can go to the doctor without being uh, bankrupt by it, you know, and, and clearly none of these, that's <laughs> so hilarious that we were, we were always told that, well, Bernie doesn't need to run because there's so many other young democratic <laughs> upstarts that are clearly just as progressive as he are. And not one of them fucking supports Medicare for all. Uh, Beto work is part of his family's, you know, giant real estate firm. Now he's a partner in the firm. They're suing uh, the, whatever the city is in Texas, uh, because they want to pay less taxes on the strip malls they own. <laughs> yeah. God just screams fucking man of the people. So, yeah, I mean, and again, and nobody in the race right now is actually supporting Medicare for all in a meaningful way. And we talked a little bit last week about why a Medicare option doesn't work financially and why it would disincentivize doctors from actually accepting Medicare for all because they would they wouldn't. The whole idea of Medicare for all is you just don't give them a choice. It's like, well, if you want to be in business as a healthcare provider, you will accept this national healthcare plan. Um, and nobody other than Bernie, even Elizabeth Warren, they're all they all fucking hedge on it. They all say, well, you know, there are a lot of ways to get there. No, there's one fucking way to get there. Eliminate private health insurance. Sure. There's plenty of provisions and individual tweaks to a bill. But there's one way to get there. You eliminate the private health insurance yeah. industry. And, and Eva, you make it illegal to use private health insurance, which sure. Bernie's bill does. Exactly. And even a commie like me would be fine with like mm. a four-year phase in where you don't just fire sure. every single person that works for to, a private yeah. health insurance company. You know, even though most of their jobs are to figure out ways to deny claims. Uh, I don't want to immediately just put those people out on the fucking street and say, oh, you're fired now. Like, no, you would phase it out. And it would also be detrimental I, to the, the the success of the program. Sh- if, absolutely. If and ideally, the people who would have to go work administrative <laughs> processing jobs for Medicare for all could come from those private companies. And like, hey, now you don't have to sell yeah. your soul and you can do similar work. But your job is to help, uh, you know, move the money around and, and manage the accounts of uh, 300 uh, you know, 317 million Americans that now are covered, you know, and, and, yeah. and that's it. again, the, the thing that does not get talked about enough is when you have everyone covered, you make it vastly cheaper, purely 
by allowing people to get preventative care. When they go to the doctor, when they, you know, have an arm ache in their arm, you know, instead of not going, and then a week later they have a stroke that could have been caught and prevented ahead of time, you save billions and billions and hundreds of billions of dollars. Which is not even factored into people's cost analysis, which already shows that Medicare for all saves trillions of dollars before you even factor in intangible things like that, which are incalculable and certainly would lead to yeah. better healthcare outcomes. And we're like 34th in the world in healthcare outcomes. We're the last among industrialized modern nations in healthcare outcomes. And it's like we're fucking richest country in the world. We pay the most for healthcare and we're last in healthcare outcomes. Mm -hmm. But then a great system. We should totally work to to maintain that system and then just do tweaks and allow you to buy into Medicare. Fuck off Pete Buttigieg. Fuck off Beto. Well, you know what? We gave those people a chance with the, the single payer public option in 2009 and they said, fuck you. So we're saying fuck you back. There's not going to be a single payer option. There's not going to be Medicare for some option where we keep privatized healthcare around. It's going to be no fucking private healthcare. It's unethical. It only serves to make people richer and it only serves to make healthcare still inaccessible, no matter how many more people you cover with public care. Yep. No, but 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 comrade, Nir Tandon has this great plan called Medicare for America, where you know, if <laughs> if 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 you want to buy into Medicare, you can, but then you know, oh. if you're working at a job that has more than 20 employees then they pay for it I, you ever hear her describe medicare for America? i've never heard fucking... near tandem 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 whatever the fuck her name is i've tandem, never heard her <laughs> never heard her say a single word honestly i've never sat and watched a speech by her or you know whatever the fuck she does i don't even know what she does i just despise her that much uh, that i've never watched siphons money from from the dirtiest industries in exactly. the world, like fossil fuels and prisons into the democratic party it's just one of those people where totally, totally i unru- can't stand to listen to so i just don't basically yeah and just for people that didn't see it this week uh there was a new york times article about how, what a fucking maniac near attendant is that during tw- uh, 2008 when hillary was running faz shakir who was an editor at the time at think progress who's now bernie's campaign manager uh was interviewing hillary and asked her about the iraq war and her support for it and Neera Tandon was so mad at him afterwards that she walked up to him and, according to multiple eyewitnesses, punched him in the chest and said, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> because he asked Hillary que- uh, Clinton a question about a vote that well, she Well, clearly she was leaning into feminism right there, uh, as we've already realized or decided or, or uh, chosen that uh, uh, having a physically abusive, physically violent female boss is somehow uh, a progressive value. <laughs> But then, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Jan Catter on TYT and basically let her make her case for Medicare for America without really questioning her on all the uh, insane smears and hacky things that she's done or the shit that came out in WikiLeaks about her or the fucking, you know, money that Cap takes from fucking Saudis th- and from, you the know, private I, pr- I think he doesn't do that to prop those people up. I think he does it to make himself look more to the left of everyone. Like he only has people on on that little interview segment that are way to his right. So he can uh, bask in this idea that he's the most left guy. And anyone further to the left of him is just crazy. You know, well, because when he has real people on like Aaron Matei, they kind of make him look like a, a dumbass. Like he had him on for a, a Russiagate yeah. conversation, they, which they was really totally good. Do. It's, but, it's why he doesn't have people like Abby Murphy or Aaron Matei on because they're they're experts. Abby at Martin. What yeah. I say? Abby, Abby Murphy. Murphy. Oh, that's weird. 
Ar- Ar- Abby, Abby Martin. Martin. You mean, right? Yeah. No, I I yeah, mentioned yeah. the name of somebody I know in in the real world, uh, real life. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> little uh, misspeak there. So we're on the uh, probably the third shot, second beer of the show. Um, so uh, yeah, but no, like it, it's like that saying: no one likes to be outlefted, right? And Jenk wants to pretend he's the yeah. vanguard of the left, which is still we like capitalism. We just have to tweak it. Right. And I remember when, when John on his show had the, it was the, the shirt with the monopoly guy, the monopoly money guy who, and his head was cut off by a guillotine. And Jenk was like, no, you're not wearing that shirt on here again. And I was like, what the fuck dude? Like who are you that fucking insecure that a, a, a mock t-shirt of guillotining the monopoly and he, and John guy. Not that far, that much of a social. Like he's really not even that far no. left. Like he's one of the more just, centristy kind of guy. Like it's just a funny shirt to him. But that's that's hilarious that he was so like was taken a, aback. Yeah, exactly, that. it was such a threat to him. But because well, he has, he has a fucking guy in the network that you mentioned earlier. This guy Nick Hanauer, who owns Aspiration Bank, who's a fucking billionaire venture capitalist, who's doing this thing where he's trying to do responsible capitalism, and it's his bank where oh well they don't invest in dirty industry and they give ten percent to charity. It's like this is this is like Bill Gates fucking you know like this this is the fucking veneer of of you know social good while you're really just perpetuating the system that causes every social so we they don't invest in coal but they'll invest in lng you know we don't invest in uh you know uh, tar sands extraction anymore but we invest in the you know the the blood diamond mining for uh, like cobalt in africa for uh elon musk's uh renewable battery electric car thingies whatever the fuck it is it just shifts from one one frying pan to another and it's like it's it's always like uh, tr- capitalism always has to find a new innovative like compassionate solution to prevent a particular industry from being made public. Sure. So like there's a lot of energy right now about public banking or you know postal banking things that like that other countries have and and people are starting to push the idea in the U.S. and we're like oh my god that's fucking great like you mean I can get a loan from a not for profit you know, a, a bank that's like run through the federal government and then, or the state government and they don't have a, you know, a profit motive to fuck me over with like a high interest rate and all this shit. Right. And it's like, why don't we have that already? But so now they're trying to come up with like the progressive bank, but sure. it's also a well, privately owned bank. So, like it's so I read boring, a lot of you know? uh, David Harvey, who's a Marxist interpreter, and he kind of has modernized some of Marx's ideas, which doesn't take a lot of modernizing because they were already so prolific that they yeah. predicted the way that i mean capital once you figure out how capital works there's not any new revelation like in order it's really like it's capitalism is a really unsustainable <laughs> they haven't system, changed their game and it's really difficult to always make a profit right if you had a sustainable mm-hmm. economy nobody would really make enough profit to ever get rich if it was if it was fair right as it should be and yeah. that's sort of like there's a natural order. There's a natural balance to an economy that's fair, the same way as there's a balance to ecology. You know, unless you have a, a massive tipping of fairness and, and, and supremacy in the ecology, uh, as we've now had. And of course, now there's more and more of us, and animal species and plant species are dying off faster than ever. 
in the history of, of our evolution. Like 60% of all species have died off or something. Just like in the last that. hundred years. Right. So you have, you have a huge, yeah, yeah. you have in a huge ecological disparity as you have a huge wealth disparity, but it takes a ton of effort just to <clears throat> manage that, to get it to that point where, you know, just look at how much money has to be spent to change the laws so that certain corporations can barely eke out uh, two to 3% compound growth a year. You know, and, and, yeah. and to keep a, an entire market that collapses afloat takes trillions in taxpayer subsidies, you know, uh, and it's just, it's like just that conceptually, that, the constant, like, yeah, the, the, the capital has to keep expanding. Otherwise it's not capitalism anymore. And it's like, where do you think it's coming from? It doesn't just cut you, 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 the growth is coming from the extraction of wealth by the people that have the least wealth. It's like eventually. Right. Nobody's gonna have any fucking money. What but for a while, happen? it like, was okay because there was always new land to spread out onto. You know, from about true. the 16, 1650s, when we really kind of began modern capitalism, there was a shitload. There was like a whole fucking hemisphere. Half the earth hadn't been overrun by colonists yet. And then we broke that yeah. threshold and very quickly all that capital expanded and we exploited everything in on the Western hemisphere and carved it all up. And these empires kind of grew on that capital and then collapsed once there was no more land to expand to and no more uh, colonies to claim. Right. So then it became a vertical expansion of, of building cities, you know, taller and taller. Now you have, you have skyscrapers that sit empty that, you know, could house people, they're homeless on the street, but they're just owned by international real estate developers as purely commodity. Right. So it's just like this, this it's yeah. constant expansion of capital. It can't go anywhere else. <laughs> it can't go other places anymore because there's no more land. Uh, the earth isn't getting bigger. Uh, so any further expansion of capital means destruction of, of the commons, of our ecology, of the plant and animal species we need to survive. And eventually, once that collapses entirely, uh, we'll have worldwide famine worldwide economic collapse yeah. and there won't be anything to swoop in and pick the pieces up and, and reinvest it at a certain point. Well, on that cheery note, uh, <laughs> no. So, um, well, so, you know, also in Bernie's town hall, uh, again, Fox news town hall, they asked the room, you know, figuring, well, this is a Fox news town hall. Obviously, you know, they're not going to be for socialized medicine. So the, uh, just, I can't stress enough. Absolutely fucking idiotic. Uh, interview. Uh, get moderator. Uh, guy was Brit. Brit. Uh, I almost said Brit Hume. Brett Bear. Yeah. Wrong idiot. Uh, uh, Brett Bear. Uh, pulled the audience. So I, I have the audio from that. Um, well, let, let me just. I want to describe the room because I'm sure everyone has yeah. watched this. But this was a. They had the whole area set up. It wasn't like a town hall where. The audience was, it was dark and you couldn't tell how many people were there. It was very well lit. No, the house lights were uh, up, yeah. And it, the, like the, the audience extended in three directions, um, quite a ways in, in two directions and then kind of more like a traditional stage in, in one direction. And I just, because they kept showing these really wide, well lit crowd shots, probably two, 250, 250 people there in that audience, a really big audience. It like auditoriums, yeah. like seating. Um, yeah. It was a little bit weird. Kind of, it wasn't like an auditor, like traditional auditorium. Cause they had, uh, you could see yeah. out these big windows. It was a bunch of old industrial equipment. It didn't, didn't look like those were just a, like a TV monitor. 
So this was in some kind of... They said it was in the shadow of a closed-down factory or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So very big space, very well lit. They really wanted you to know how many people were there and to really see the crowd, uh, unlike a lot of town halls where it's just kind of the the audience is in shadow and you don't really see them. Um, So just kind of to set the scene for the audio you're about to hear. Yeah, so um, basically, as you said, there's that. So... uh, you know, he'll ask a question. I'll, 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 after we play the clip, I'll describe the way people raise their hands because it's, you know, it's hard to uh, describe it beforehand. But I'll, I'll play the audio and it, you won't need me to describe how people are reacting when the uh, final question is asked because you'll hear it. So here's the audio from that. Uh, I want to ask the audience a question. If you could raise your hand here, a show of hands of how many people get their insurance from work private insurance right now how many get it from private insurance okay now of those how many are willing to transition to what the senator says a government-run system everyone else's hand is still up it was easily 85 percent of the hands went up the first time and almost all the same hands go up the second time so it was like the people that didn't Mm -hmm. vote either way just didn't have insurance and weren't really sure how to answer first. But like you really watch the mm-hmm. clip and you see the hands go down from the first question and then go right back up for this. Yeah. It wasn't like right a different group of people at all. Um, the, the, there was a funny moment like when he, when he asked the first question, how many people get healthcare through their job and everyone's hands go up and then Bernie raised his hand? Yeah, I know. And yeah, it's just these the, the people are realizing, I think finally, that it's not the doctor control or, you know, the, the government controlling your doctor or deciding who you get healthcare from. It's purely insurance. It's making sure that you have, you know, mandated insurance. So no matter where you go, where you live, who you work for, you have the same coverage and you can pick your doctor wherever you want to go. And people are finding like, Oh yeah, that is great. Cause now I can quit this job. I don't like, and and don't have to worry about losing my coverage for my kid that's got, you know, polio or whatever because they didn't get a vaccinated or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know he uh, he fucking killed it. Like that was that was indicative of how the entire town hall went. They tried to you know corner him on all these like different bullshit kind of you know trick questions, and he just definitely moved around them. He really didn't get rattled too much. You know, every once in a while they asked him a question of like. He, the, the one moment where he kind of gave pause was they were like, well, you know, you're a very successful, you, you had a very successful year. You made a lot of money off of your book. Isn't that the definition of capitalism? And he was like, uh, no. And they, like, it took him a minute to really articulate what he, to think about what he wanted to articulate. But he was just saying like, look, I'm a fuck. And then he eventually just gave a really genuine off the cuff answer to a question that took him off guard. He's like, look, I'm a United States Senator. Like I'm a very famous person. Like I want everyone to have the opportunity to make enough money so that they can, you know, buy a house and, and live a successful life. Like I'm not, you know, it's a, it, you know, it was a, of course the bullshit hacky, like, well, you have money and you want to improve society. So aren't you? A oh yeah. Like, yeah. No. The other one was when they asked it, him if he thinks Joe Biden is a progressive and he just wouldn't answer that a question. All he's like, yeah, eh, Joe Biden's a friend of mine. We agree. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> it's like the state. Or you should just do like the you know like the jerk off motion when people ask a <laughs> yeah. question like oh well you know that person's a good friend of mine and a colleague and I just yeah. don't want... <laughs> he has to say that because he because he get criticized if he sure. doesn't but like he's like it no been, of it would have been funny not. Like, if they said well uh, 
Bernie, Joe Biden considered himself to be a progressive, and Bernie was like, oh, does he? <laughs> the way he talked about <laughs> Oh, oh isn't that nice? Uh, the, the Howard Schultz uh, question. <laughs> yeah, he goes, oh, isn't that yeah. nice? Well, um, um, yeah, the other, so, the other really great moment um, when you realize, when Bernie realized he literally, that room was hanging on his every word, is when he turns to the audience and he's like, I, you know, do, do we support a, a, a Green New Deal? And the whole crowd says, yes. He says, do we support Medicare for all? The whole crowd says, yes. Like he was doing a call and response about everyone's yeah, no, platform issues. Uh, do we think people should be allowed to become millionaires off the work of, you know, regular people? No. And I'm like, look at this. This is exactly what fucking shit libs wanted him to not go on Fox for. They had this made up bullshit reason about, oh, you're legitimizing. Like, no, they know that he goes on Fox News and he unites conservative working class people with liberal working class people and leftist working class people. The people that don't care about the fucking Russiagate bullshit, all these made up things. Nobody in Pennsylvania who's struggling to put food on their table thinks about Russiagate or cares about it. And if you told them about them, they probably fucking roll their eyes and say, no, I know it's a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were plenty of, and it's anecdotal, of course, but there are plenty of people on Twitter saying today being like, hey, yeah, my right wing relative watches, watched Bernie's town hall. And they're like, hey, I'd consider voting for this guy. Like I, he didn't, I, you know, it, the stuff he was saying wasn't crazy. It made a lot of sense. And I'm sure that that even if that was 5% of voters, you know, 3% of voters, that is a really fucking significant chunk of people that never get to hear Bernie's message and only hear about this crazy socialist and these crazy lunatics like AOC who want to ban air travel and ban cows and all this fucking nonsense. And it's again, it's like, Oh, don't legitimize Fox news. People are going to watch Fox news. Anyway, they get their fucking news from Fox news. Why don't you go on there and give a counter to the bullshit that they spew 24 seven uninterrupted for an hour on their network on their fucking dime like what are you what are you talking sure. about don't go and it was the way. highest it's rated town hall of this election so far um yeah blew kamala away and also klobuchar is like oh i want to go out there too me too right like they're to fucking tear her <laughs> apart uh but you know i remember in 2016 i was talking to people that lived out in this like complete you know cornfield county uh where this this uh, woman i was dating at the time lived and i was talking to people and they were, you know, it was, it was like Hicks for the most part. I grew up around people like that out in a Cordenfield County. So it wasn't like they, I didn't know these people at yeah. all. Um, they were like, oh yeah, you know, I, I totally support Bernie. He's, you know, a, a common sense independent, not like a far leftist like Hillary Clinton. And I was just, I just had to laugh at that because <laughs> I was like, uh, just like, just let him think that, yeah, whatever. And you realize these, these labels are stupid and meaningless when someone's like, okay, well, aren't you a democratic socialist? And he's like, yeah, here's what that fucking means to me. Uh, it means having enough money to put food on your table. It means we have a fucking democracy that puts people first. It means you have health care. And to the average person yeah. watching Fox News, they're going to go, I don't have a problem with that. Maybe there's nothing wrong with this whole socialism thing, as I've been led to believe all this time. But Venezuela, and they're like, eh, shut up about Venezuela. I want fucking health care. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, what What do I give a fuck about Venezuela? My fucking, my, my aunt is dying of, of a preventable disease. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do I care about? Some country that I'm never going to visit and then I, I couldn't point out on a map. I, I could, but you know what I mean? Like, they would say that. Like, it, so it's just. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's like this is this is why they're so fucking scared of Bernie because he could build a coalition unlike any candidate that they've had 
I, I can't even remember now long. I mean, I, you, you know, I can't think of a candidate in modern history who could build a coalition like Bernie can build. Yeah. And they're fucking terrified because they know that if he gets in there, he's stubborn and he's not going to go along with their bullshit. And he's going to want to do cranky Uncle Bernie. Gonna he's gonna fucking, he's he not going to fucking cave on any of it. Uh, and when he has the ultimate fucking power of the presidency, he's going to say, oh, that's what you think. That's that's isn't that nice. Uh, well, here's what I think. Uh, you know, you, you could fuck off if you don't exactly. want to do what I want to do, because that's what we're going to well, do. Well, I mean, so the, the scary um, thing with the, with the delegates is the people who are going to say, well, if, if Bernie even comes close, we're just going to wage a, a coup and make it mandatory that all superdelegates uh, vote against him. So whoever the next runner up is, will get it. They don't, even have, they don't even have to make it mandatory. There's enough. The superdelegates are overwhelmingly going to be anti-Bernie. So, I mean, that's, you know, th- there's been rumblings. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about today is that there is this New York Times story about uh, how they're all, how the Democrats are all freaking out about how to stop Bernie. And they've had these closed door meetings with thousand dollar plate dinners that Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Pete Buttigieg uh, all attended and. Uh, Howard Schultz actually also attended one, uh, supposedly, according to this New York Times article, uh, where they're theorizing about how to stop Bernie. And people have very openly talked about not voting for Bernie with their superdelegate vote. People like Debbie Stabenow, who is a who is a superdelegate, I believe, is a senator or she was a senator. Oh, she yeah, she's uh, she's fucking Michigan. Michigan senator and she pulls a lot of weight in that state. So and. And she she basically was like, well, you know, uh, if if nobody has a plurality, uh, uh, we're gonna have to go with the person that that we think best represents uh, th- that has the best chance of be. They're pushing this fucking bullshit notion now that they think that Bernie's got it will lose to Trump. That's their excuse. Like it's the same as like when they made up, though. Well, you're legitimizing Fox. They know Bernie has the best chance of beating Trump, but they're trying to pretend that he would actually lose to Trump, and that's their opposition to him, not the fact that he would disrupt their entire way of life like that's they're they're sure they they know he would win they knew he would win in 16 but you know they don't they don't care they're willing to let trump get reelected what 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 do they think is going to happen it what do they think is going to happen if they fucking override the will of the people like if bernie goes into the convention and this is again their plan because they they their concession quote unquote and the unity reform commission was that okay well superdelegates don't get to vote on the first ballot they only get to vote if it goes to a second ballot. Now, coincidentally, all these random ass candidates, people that you've never fucking heard of in your life, like Jay Inslee, are, are entering this race uh, that have no shot pulling at 0.0%, have no shot of winning the presidency. Why are all these people from all these different states running? Oh, maybe is it because they want to deny Bernie a proportional vote count that equals a, a majority, a majority enough for him to win on the first ballot. Right. And it's all the, need big, a 50% it's all the big delegate the states first. too, is what they're trying to do. So we, we know that we know all the fucking dirty tricks, but, but you know, people are watching for it now. They expect it now. And I, I think they, they think they're going to get away. I think they think they can do it and it'll be bad, but they'll get oh, there's, away with There's it. people they that are like willing to, to risk losing their seat and get primaried over this because it's for the good of the party, you know, and they'll just get it, you know, further for taking a dive uh, in the election in order to use their superdelegate vote against Bernie, but, they sh- but they'll get rewarded with being put on the board of some corporation. 
they need to be worried for their fucking safety if they try to do that at the convention. Like about getting out of that you know, building. You're like, gonna pick honestly, a chair up I, over your head. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, they want to talk about they make up bullshit about chair throwing. You'll see some fucking chair. Oh, throwing, there's gonna be chair throwing uh, if if they try to. <laughs> this is gonna make 2016 uh, the convention yeah. look like a fucking. You know, hey, you know party. what? You so ain't gonna be like, able to sit down on a chair for a while if you fucking pull that shit. <laughs> And I, and I realized today we also talked about another rule that they implemented, which I supported, which and I still support because it should just always be this way, is the proportional delegation, uh, a proportional allocation of delegates, meaning like if Bernie wins California by one point over Kamala, you know, Bernie would get 29 delegates and she would get 28 delegates. It used to be. And in 2016, it's winner take all, which is, a, right. I think, an inherently undemocratic system. So they, they created a more again, fair system on paper, but it might hurt Bernie if he starts. But they things. did it this year right. to try to deny him a majority and, and make sure he only has a plurality going into the convention. Because, again, I think this is really their big plan is to fuck him on the second ballot and elect somebody who does not have the most votes from the American people to fucking and, and and you see a lot of articles trying to justify it and saying well you know the America's uh, uh, primary system's complicated and, and not everyone is one person one vote some states have caucuses and you know we already have essentially proportional delegate like I saw so many articles like and people like you know Brett Stevens and all these fucking shit you know uh, people at all these publications trying to justify potentially doing that because they're floating the idea so that people aren't like taken aback by it, or they're at least open to the idea of that. And it's like, you know what the fuck is going to happen if you screw over the person that the most people in the country voted for, for that seat. But I think they're willing to risk it because he's old enough to the point where he's not going to be able to run again. And they say, there's nobody in the pipeline who's going to have Bernie's support. And you know what? They'll fucking flip out now. Maybe we'll lose to Trump again, but we'll be able to put our chosen candidate in in 2024. And Bernie will be too old to run. And what are they going to do about it? Sure. I think that's genuinely what no, they think. No, of course. They, I mean, it was it was clear that even from just the, the sock puppet accounts that were saying things as early as 2016, saying that, you know, uh, we 2020 is about stopping Bernie regardless of Trump. That's they've been open about that. You know, the, the, their whole thing is capital and power and wealth. And there's only one real threat to them. Trump was never a threat to those things. He loves those things. That's why they never actually opposed Trump on a policy level. Uh, they just didn't like his mannerisms, the fact that he was so uncouth. So, by the way, if they do that, Bernie better fucking run third party. Like, and I'm not one of these people who oh, run third party. I know it's really stupid politically to do that. But you know what? If they really do fuck him at a convention where he has the most delegates, he absolutely has to run third party because he needs to make sure they lose so that they don't think that they can get away with doing that ever again. The problem and, is and he won't he, he won't might do actually it because win. he's fucking honorable and ethical and would do anything to prevent Trump from from getting elected. I know because he actually gives a fuck, like unlike anyone in the Democratic establishment, he actually yes, gives a fuck. About he actually gives Trump a fuck about not getting and he knows that he's the best person to beat Trump. We know he's the best person to beat Trump. Everybody who's not paid to say otherwise knows that Bernie is the best person to beat Trump and he always will be. You know, there's nobody else that has that level of, you know, there was an article in the Atlantic today that even admitted that shit. Fucking neoliberal David from Atlantic. Uh 
They admitted it on Morning Joe they, today, I think. Politico. Too. There was a video going around. Online. Peter Dow now admits it. And I even tweeted at Peter Dow, oh, agreeing with him and congratulating him for wanting to be on the winning team. And he immediately blocked me because I have a fucking hammer and sickle in my <laughs> handle. And he immediately will block anyone with a hammer and sickle. Fucking knew that fucking sellout was a fake. But. Uh, it's that Lebanese death squad. Thing yeah, yeah no, totally. I shouldn't say that because because Pat said Pat said he'll sue us if we say that. Well, but, he can listen to the podcast uh, for that. He can he can fucking become a Patreon sure. sponsor, and if he wants to actually hear that part of the show and get that deep into it. Um, but yeah, no, but, he, he's so, a fucking phony. And, and anyone that's like, oh, he's good now, it's like, no, you don't rem- go back and look at the screenshots of the shit he said about burning in 2016. He helped undermine. I know. It's pretty hard to reckon. No. reckon the shit he said, and you know. I, he could be coming at um, uh, at it from a more honest place now, but that just means that he was a paid shill in 2016. Like you know, it, it, like he could just be expressing his true feelings. Well, he now probably wants a seat at the Bernie table. He's like, hey, I've got a voice. I've got 250 thousand followers. Um, hey, why don't you uh, spend some cheddar on making me one of your one of your mouthpieces? But yeah, I, I don't fucking trust yeah. Peter Dow. Not for a minute. I wouldn't. Tr- I certainly wouldn't trust him to put him on the campaign because I, I think he would be another Simone Sanders type yeah. of fucking mole, you know, for for the DNC. Yeah. But um, well, he's got enough good people, you know, at least what, for now, you know, in that sort of the the Camelot of, of the uh, of the campaign. From what I know, too, uh, like from what I've heard, they've been very vigilant about making sure they don't have a bunch of fucking DNC moles working for them like they did last right. time. You know, people like shitheads like Tad Devine who who were doing corrupt deals with other people. Like he, he doesn't have any of those people. Right. He got rid of even he got rid of Jeff Weaver. Okay. He's got a what year did you buy your first copy of Marx's capital? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um so and you know also in Bernie news, uh we talked last week about Bernie's tax returns. Uh well they were actually released this week as he said he would do on tax day. And uh, surprise, surprise, they were super fucking boring and pretty, you know, predictable. Like he made, you know, his standard kind of hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year that he gets from congressional salary and, you know, property, whatever, like just investment money. And in uh, 2016 and 2017, he made a million or so dollars each year because he had a book deal and he got royalties from that book deal. He had a really successful book because he suddenly became one of the most well-known and popular individuals in the world, you know, (laughs) and he wrote a book and got money for that book. And then in 2018, he only made 500,000. It went back down because he wasn't fucking profiting off of a book. So it's like, he's clearly not trying to accumulate wealth. He just got money for writing a book, which he should have. Well, I'm I'm sure you saw this and everyone who listens to the show saw this, but there's the, this stand-up comedian that does the flawless impersonation of Bernie. And he had probably his best video this week where yeah, he's, he's like, he's playing Bernie doing his taxes enraged that he's realizing (laughs) he's a millionaire. That's it. I'm a millionaire. I'm ruined. <laughs> Just one of the funniest fucking bits of comedy. If you haven't seen I'm gonna it I'm going to insert yet. the audio from that because it's so fu- I'm going to insert the audio here. You are? It's so okay. funny. All right, yeah. All right, Jim- all right. 54 and going to have the one set. 10 years worth of tax returns at the last goddamn minute. Expenses. Oatmeal. 800 bucks. Goddamn thing is wrong. Wrong! Subtract line 12 from line 13. There's nothing on line 13. A million bucks. How? I'm rich. I'm ruined. 
We sold too many of these goddamn books. That's why I'm rich. Call the ghostwriter and give him a million dollar bonus. I don't need the money. It's not that good a book anyway. 12 suits, 600 bucks. 22%. They are not taxing me at a high enough rate. Jane, is there any way we can pay the alternative maximum tax? Nobody appreciates my depreciation. Farm income? Is it those goddamn cherry trees? Gain or loss from gambling does the 2016 primary count. All these years, I did everything in my power to push money away from me, like the wrong end of a magnet, and yet here I am, the goddamn millionaire! Where is the 1099%? God damn it! Refund? I don't want another refund. I keep getting refunds, Jane, and every refund adds to the million bucks we're trying to get rid of. $400 to the Brattleboro Philharmonic Jam Band? Why aren't we claiming this expense? That's too many expenses! Come on, come on, come on, come on. Well, there's no way around it. I'm a millionaire. God damn it! Shut up! Where is the goddamn pen? God! Married filing jointly. Oh, tell me about it. My shoulders are about to fall off. James Adomian, I've actually talked with him a bunch. Uh, I, I, I'm going to try to get him on the show as just even like in a in like a mock Bernie segment or something because he's he's a cool dude and uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've yeah. Well, his his impersonation has gotten on. better. I think one of the first ones I saw it's just Bernie yelling on a street corner, uh, and it's <laughs> it's it's good. But his the level of uh, of of perfection of the impersonation itself in the bernie doing his taxes version is fucking unbelievable he um so him and this guy anthony adamaniak did did went around doing like a comedy tour where they did trump versus bernie debates and this other guy who does the trump impersonation was so good that comedy central gave him a show like a weekly show where he would impersonate trump like he he's a way but he's an actual impersonator he's way fucking mm-hmm. funnier than alec baldwin like he does a real good and the 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 fucking debates the bernie versus trump debates anyone who hasn't seen them you could find they did some on youtube on like comedy central and shit but they did one at like this brooklyn uh like bar or whatever where, that they recorded and released as a comedy album it's fucking hilarious it's it's one of the funniest he's like spot on bernie the other guy's spot on trump uh, and I have actually have it on vinyl. It's it's oh, fucking nice. hilarious. But well, maybe when you post the uh, the episode, you can post that in the comments under the on the uh, audio yeah. track. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that um, for sure. But yeah, so he, he's he's fucking hilarious. His Bernie, and he has this horrible wig. Doesn't look anything. It's just like it's just oh, fucking it great. great. But um, and yeah, and again, so you know, of course. Uh, you still see the centrist trying to fucking spin it and like, whoa, well, he only released 10 years. He didn't release 11 years because blah, 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 in 2006 and this, it's like, they won't give it up. They won't fucking give it up. And it's, it's really starting to come off as anti-Semitic when they're like, Hey, Jewish guy, you're not allowed to have any money. Like why, why, why are you hiding all your, you're hoarding your, oh, yeah. like, it's like, nobody's asking this my, of uh, any of these other candidates. My, my response to the, uh, uh, friend Peter Douche's tweet about Bernie's tax. I don't remember what the, what the original was. Like I'm sort of a, a reply guy where it comes to Mr. Douche, but, um, it was a screenshot of like the, the, just, just the, the number amount of money Bernie made each year for the last 10 years, but there was no decimal point and no sense to it. 
And I said, Bernie hasn't released how many cents he made per year. What's he hiding? <laughs> like literally, there, there was people they, like, well, they, why didn't he release his joint tax filing? How much is Jane Sanders making? It's like, come the fuck off it. Why didn't Bernie release his long form tax returns? Like, that's really what you people sound like. You sound like the fucking birther lunatics at this point. Like, it's just like he released it. There it is. Totally, you know, uh, what did he say in 2016 that they're, 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 they're you know they're, they're they're very unexciting or whatever yeah like he said totally unexciting uh you know nothing there so right thought to find a new thing to smear him on now now they're gonna move back to the oh well he's he's friendly to russia or friendly to Putin. like they're gonna that's the next yeah. smear well clearly russia hand selected sure. the audience for that fox news uh town hall obviously <laughs> anthony obviously uh no, it's just every right every ahead. day there's a new level they'll sing to. Um, that that fucking Ragnarok lobster guy, the prison guard who uh, had the tweet about uh, wanting to uh, molest an eight year old girl, right? And mm-hmm. uh, then he posts as his pin tweet, uh, you know, asking people to donate him money because his hours had been cut at the fucking prison he works at. Um, <laughs> Gee, it's almost like capitalism is working yeah, out for you. There. And his Fucking tweet response to Bernie's town hall was, shit. did anyone see how wiped out audience was? It's like, it's Pennsylvania, shithead. What do you fucking think? It's fucking rural Pennsylvania. There's what not you- a... Yeah. So, again, just... Well, that's that's the narrative from 2016. It's like, oh, well, Bernie doesn't do well with black people. And then you look at Bernie's favorability. It's highest among African-Americans and women. And they know that, and they know it. And they just have to lie and diminish and pretend there's no people of color on the left. Um, it that's that's all they can do, you know. And they, and they finally one of them yeah. finally wins, Ilhan Omar, and they fucking despise her for what she truly is and rep- represents to them. So they're done. They're finished. Bernie's going to win. Yeah. Uh, if they don't let him win, if they cheat this time, um, windows are getting smashed. Dumpsters are getting set on fire. Uh, Porsches and limos are going to be destroyed. It'll bring. A, I think it'll. That'll actually bring about a real leftist revolution yeah. in this country. Like I, you know, it, it. That's the thing that'll that that might need to happen. People got to start too. googling where the you know local uh, Democratic Party chapter offices are in their communities, and they're going to start torching them. They they truly are. They're going to be like, yeah. no, you 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 have let this country and this world fall into complete collapse by refusing to elect somebody who is going to take action on these things that material affect our lives that, you know, materially, materially would save this planet that we cannot wait to take any more action on. If you, if you are somebody who doesn't have health insurance and you can't get health insurance and you, uh, you know, have cancer, you have some kind of a treatable illness these people are literally sentencing you to death by 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 standing in the way of universal healthcare. Like I, I don't know what you know. Like that's 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 what it is. I mean, that's that's people are not going to fucking take it once they realize that's what yeah. the Democratic Party is doing. They're My stepfather right now is going through chemotherapy. My stepfather's down in a, a leukemia uh, specialty hospital in uh, Houston, Texas, right now doing chemo, and had to go down there because even though he had coverage. Uh, they didn't want to cover him. They said, this is the risk of, you know, the, the, the chance of you dying is too high for us to waste millions of dollars on treatment that might not work. 
And every time he went to go see his doctor up here, the first thing the doctor would say was, well, let's start talking about, you know, managing expectations and end of life care. And he's like, I just got diagnosed three weeks ago. What are you fucking talking about? You know, like I'm, I'll do every round of chemo that is required. I don't care. I'll fucking do it. That's what he told them. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, even people with insurance are getting denied for things like, like chemotherapy, you know, and (laughs) it's just fucking insane. So yeah, the, 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 the the Nancy Pelosi's of the world are okay with you dying. Plain and simple. Yeah, of course. Of course, if you support a for-profit healthcare system, you're saying I'm okay with people dying so some other people can make a couple of extra dollars. Like that's what you're saying. So, if you're cool with that, then you're fucking cool with that. If you're cool with a candidate who says they want to maintain private health insurance and give people the option to buy into Medicare, you're saying I'm cool with a system with maintaining a system that allows other people to make a fucking few dollars while they kill intentionally with their decisions people who are sick and fucking dying of preventable illnesses. That's what you're saying. So just think about that. If you're supporting fucking Pete Buttigieg or one of these other morons that are running, like that's what you're supporting. And it, it, this whole concept of insurance, it's like somebody mentioned, it had a good uh, uh, comment today, or it might've even been an article. It's like, if you have an insurance plan and you have a $6,000 deductible, do you have insurance? And the answer is no. Of course you fucking don't, because I can't afford a fucking six thousand dollar deductible. Nobody can, like, unless you're really wealthy. Like, and the only people that have six thousand dollar deductibles are people who can't afford better plans, have really shit, le- like low end level entry yeah. level plans, because they can't afford higher that, premiums. That's, that's like, like saying, like, yeah, it's like saying half this Rolls Royce is free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you just have to pay for yeah. the back half? The back half of this hundred and fifty thousand dollar car is. It, can you swing it's it? Like, cool, dude. We <laughs> like, this, yeah. It's you don't. So you don't support Rolls Royce for some. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's just absolutely preposterous. And nobody, anyone who's not talking about smashing the system into a million fucking pieces and scattering it into the wind is 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 not worthy of your support and is saying they're cool with people dying so other people can make money that's what it that's is. capitalism that's the system that most of the yep. people on tyt say just needs to be tweaked a little bit to become slightly more ethical yep. so I, I love when they ask bernie about that is they say well are you a capitalist and he's like no no i'm not <laughs> he's just very quickly he's like did no, you look no. up that that clip of him on um on chuck todd's show from years ago where he said that no, what? So what? what That's what, what I I I just sort of uh, regaled you and Jules about that moment on the show here, that moment where that's exactly what he said was Chuck Todd said. So are are you are you are oh, you yeah, a capitalist? Yeah. And Bernie just where when he wants to be when he wants to move past something very quickly, he lowers his voice <laughs> to almost a whisper and he just said no, and that was it. That's all he said, <laughs> and they moved on. Yeah, no, that's 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 usually that's Bernie's like verbal tick of like wrap it the fuck up. Like no, yep. no, I'm not. What's your next question? <laughs> yeah. Well, or the, yeah. the the best one he did like that uh was with um I forget what her name is, ABC News, NBC News, whatever it is. Uh she said, "Well, uh Bernie, uh if you're not the nominee, would you be Hillary Clinton's running mate?" And Bernie said, "If I'm the nominee, would she be my running mate?" <laughs> He said it just like that. People made a shitload of memes out of it where it like it like the the deal with it sunglasses dropped down and like rap music started to play. And it was great. Yeah, he, he just again, 
you know what he really thinks about shit. You just know that he doesn't often kind of let loose what he really thinks about shit. No, and when he gets cut off, caught off guard by questions is when you get the best answers from him because his actual true intentions are the, the like good intentions. So like when you catch him off guard with shit like that, he'll give you a good answer. Like you know, when he when he when he worries too much about not offending people in the party, that's when you get like the kind of mealy mouth stuff. But like when he really gets caught off guard by a question, you get a real fucking answer, and it's like no. Fucking course not. Like next question. Yeah. No, I think he's gonna. You know, I I, I want to say in a fair world he'd get it, but we know this isn't a fair world. So anything's possible. Do we need to make them scared enough? Yeah. There nothing. Nothing will scare them more than losing their money. Right. So the idea of riots or losing their seat, nothing scares them like that more than losing their money. They will do anything to protect the money. Right. So there's there's nothing we can do about that. The only thing we can do is overwhelm them so that all their dirty tricks are just simply not effective enough yeah. to make a difference in, in our case. So, Well, I think we need to make them fear a revolution too. I mean, I think that that's something they would fear more than Bernie winning is, is, is an all-out revolution. So we need to make it known as much as possible that if you fuck Bernie, it's not just going to it's not going to slide. Like we're never going to let you forget it. And we're going to fucking get away with it once the system. If they got away with it once, they'll try it again. That's, that's all I can say. They will, but I, I, we need to make So, you know, there, if we can make sure enough of them don't try it, they won't be able to win. Like that's the, as much as, as much as they are an entity, the democratic establishment, they're still individual superdelegates and they still have to go about their daily lives and act, you know, and, and, and still are involved mm-hmm. in politics. And if we make enough of them afraid of revolution and afraid of the consequences, like they, we might be able to make yeah. sure that they don't fucking subvert. Well, the people. if, so, if mean, it really is, you know, overwhelmingly for Bernie, then they don't have a chance, right? If they get Biden in there and somehow he yeah. doesn't immediately tank, which I think everyone knows is going to happen. You know, I mean, that's that's literally like the the thing Biden's best strategy is to not announce for as long as possible because he knows as soon as he does, his numbers will tank. So as long as he doesn't announce and they keep polling, he's like just below Bernie. <laughs> so his strategy is to wait it out. They're trying to build, they do the same shit they did with the superdelegate totals yeah. that they would tell yeah. on CNN. They're trying to build that idea and the consensus that he's like the front runner when it's clearly a paper fucking tiger. It's oh, there so was, bullshit. there was that, um, I think it was back in January, some politifact poll, not politifact. Who am I thinking of? Some random, uh, you know, online polling thing. And it was, it was, uh, it included Biden. Biden was at 4%. Bernie was at like 47%. Tulsi was at like 27%. So literally like everybody else that wasn't Bernie and Tulsi occupied less than 25% of the entire, entire pie. Right. Yep. So it, you know, we know Biden doesn't have a chance without superdelegates, but anyway, yeah. he's going to announce, he's going to probably going to announce before our next podcast, by the way, everyone says he's going to announce right after. I don't start. believe it. I don't believe so. it. I don't think he's going to, he's going to delay for a while longer because he's, he's really unsure about it personally. But you know what? Those, those consultants can't make that. They're going to make more money once he announces just in running TV ads and shit. So they're they're I think they're pushing him to announce mm-hmm. sooner rather than later, even though politically it's a smarter thing for him to wait, because again, like you say, he's going to go down in the second he announces they're probably pushing him and giving him bullshit reasons why he should. Well, just got to keep sharing all those creepy Joe, you know, uh, creepy shoulder rub hair sniffing videos out there and 
eventually he'll be untenable and he'll have no online support and no volunteer base and he'll go away. No, oh, yeah, I mean, it, his his uh, his volunteer base and his support is going to be laughable when he actually right. announces. Right, and, and that's what you need more than anything right now is the ground game. You know, the social media is great, but going out there, knocking on doors, uh, getting door hangers out there, um, you know, that you need, you can't just send it in the mail. If you want to hang it on the door, you need a volunteer to go there. Right. You need to have conversations with people. You need to make the people who are going to vote for you feel like they are a part of what you're doing. That's what AOC did so well. So can a glass of water go knock on doors? Fuck no, Nancy Pelosi. Fucking bitch. So Bernie didn't have that much of a ground game before, not because he didn't have the volunteers and support, but he just had never been part of a national campaign like that anymore. And I think now he's ready for that. And now the volunteers are ready. He's had two years to build up that volunteer base. And we've, you know, well, he signed up a million people who are willing to knock on doors in one week. No one else is going to have that. No one's going to come close to no, that. Absolutely not. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what's going to win it ultimately. And super delegates be damned. Um, the ground game, phone calls, door knocking, people going out there, lawn signs, T-shirts, buttons, all that shit. That's the stuff that really wins a campaign. By the way, April 27th, everyone should look uh, on Bernie's website for there's a, a big organizing meeting uh, in uh, pretty much every fucking town. There, there's one you can go look on the map there and see the closest one to you. And I think you can go there and get like info. And I think Bernie's going to Skype into all those meetings and not like each one, but collectively and, you know, give everyone their marching orders, essentially. So uh People should go check that out and yeah. see if there's a local. He'll be great, uh, but the audio will be terrible on it. Just to be true to form, because <laughs> <laughs> no, because he gets because what happens is they try to mic him up with a lav, and then he gets frustrated after fucking ten seconds. Just, just fucking leave it. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. They can hear me. It's fine. Right. And it's like it's tucked oh, into his fucking shirt he's, collar. And he's it's like, such a college professor when it comes to that shit. <laughs> uh, we gotta have Bernie a haircut he's too. Like, oh, he's a little shaggy on the size lately. He's got the he's got the fucking got the bushy sideburns too he just does not give a fuck <laughs> so. oh man well that's 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 just part of his charm so <laughs> all right well we're almost at the two hour mark that about <laughs> yeah that that does it for us this week uh we've covered pretty much everything that's happened this week so um Obviously, if you want to help the show out, uh, you could do it a couple ways. Obviously, the biggest thing you could do is share the show out to your friends, uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast. You could follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. If you want to follow us over on Facebook, you could do so at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, if you want to <clears throat> support the show uh, monetarily, you can do that over at Patreon, patreon.com slash move left. That helps us pay some of our hosting costs and that really you know helps us out and we appreciate all of our patrons over there uh also if you want to pick up some merch you can do so at tinyurl.com slash move left merch um i am on twitter at move underscore left and you are on twitter for now don't at- say for now i'm always on twitter i just have a handle <laughs> that i change periodically <laughs> to avoid groupies and haters and stalkers so that's for now, for now okay. i you know i've always changed You've always changed my hand. I've always changed my handle up once in a while. So I am currently at a smut collector spelled E R not O R. So just make a note of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, we will see you next week. Oh, actually, also, <laughs> uh, if you like Game of Thrones, come out and ch- come check our uh, Game of Thrones review podcast <laughs> out. We put them up every Monday. Yeah, ha- have night. fun editing that <laughs> back together. <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta pre. No, I'm just gonna leave this. I don't give a fuck. I gotta pre-record these plugs from now on. Uh, <laughs> if you like Game of Thrones, uh, check out our Game of Thrones review uh, show, Left of the Throne. We do it every Monday night. Uh, we talk about that week's episode. We've had a lot of fun so far talking about yeah. it. We had uh, our preview cast, and but then please do watch the, the show before you listen to it because we will obviously talk about what just happened on the show the day before. So. You've been you've been spoiled episode eight. I've have to fucking say it nowadays, but if you please don't listen to season eight episode two of a review uh, review uh, uh, podcast if you haven't uh, watched any of the show that that would not be good. So uh, yeah, come check that out in our feed, and we will catch you next week.